Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. The following podcast is a production of the Factual Data Creations Facility. another episode of the OFNT podcast. OFNT stands for Old Fart New Tech. I'm your host and resident Old Fart, Jim Schaefer, and the podcast, at least to me, is the new tech. I hope this finds you well and you're having a great week. Vaccine passports are gaining traction, at least in the European Union for now. Well, first it was Bill Gates. Now it's Dr. Fauci. What are the overlords preparing us for by the sacrifice of two of their own? A face bag has suspended former President Donald Trump's account for two years. More on this in my rant. <laughs> VP Carmela Harris told people to enjoy the long weekend, which happened to be Memorial Day. Yeah, she really needs to put down the bottle. Uh, alcohol is Use the app Newsbreak. Think again, it's a Chinese-owned app and will not show you any negative stories about the motherland. And finally, thinking about getting into the Sonus ecosystem. Before I start this episode, I have one mention. If you're from the New York City area, one of the most stable providers of news, especially before the digital on-demand everything era, was AM radio all news stations. The city hosts two such stations, 8 80 WCBS, which has a blowtorch of a signal I used as an indicator that I was approaching the city on my way back from coastal and bi-coastal trips back when I was a serial killer for a side gig. Uh, did I just say that out loud? <laughs> anyway, WCBS's beloved competitor, 1010 Winds, was one of the first all-news stations and kept the distinctive and very defunct teletype sound effect going in the background well into the mid-2000s. I finally recall my grandmother eating ginger snap cookies with her tea while listening to 1010 Winds. From the 1980s onward, a street reporter with a distinctive voice for the station has been on the job. My grandmother enjoyed him very much. His name is John Montone. The old street beat reporter announced this week that he's hanging up the mic and calling it a career after more than 40 years with 1010 Winds. Now, just another piece of my youth fading away. <laughs> Now, this is one sort of celebrity I'd love to hear a podcast from. This guy covered everything newsworthy in the city, and not from some cushy studio, but from the street itself. I'm sure he's the inspiration for all these young citizen journalist types running around New York these days, posting their v reports on YouTube. From murders, drug wars, and beyond, this man was there. I'd love hearing what stories he's accumulated. Good luck, Mr. Montone. Enjoy your well-deserved retirement. Things just won't be the same for me without you. Tech news. Huawei released Harmony Operating System 2 or OS2 on June 2nd. 
The only surprise was that instead of the operating system being a fork of Android 10, it's now a fork of Android 11. I guess Huawei will upgrade the Android version yearly. Reading an article on ArsTechnica.com about the announcement, the author points out that Harmony operating system is still a fork version of Android with no Google services with blatant copies of iOS and some Google Android user interface elements plopped on top. Huawei also fails to mention that Harmony OS is based on Android and, and is running the Linux kernel. Instead, they are presenting it as something their software engineers built from the ground up. Well, what do you expect from a company which has all CCP members as executives and is headed by an ex-PLA guy? PLA stands for People's Liberation Army. The company got its start and rose to prominence by copying other manufacturers' designs right down to the firmware and selling this equipment at basically a loss until most of the market share was gained. They are an example of a despicable corporation that makes our despicable Western corporations look like saints. I nominate that as Huawei's greatest accomplishment. Now, I must give props to ArsTechnica.com. They were the only outfit that truly covered the event, unlike Forbes, Wall Street Journal, and others, who must have gotten some incentive money from Huawei to come up with headlines such as Huawei unleashes Harmony OS in China, eyes multi-device ecosystem, or Huawei, big challenge to Android, Harmony OS is released. None of these fluff pieces pointed out that Harmony OS is Android and soon to be based on an outdated version of it. If pay-to-play is illegal for radio stations, why isn't it illegal for news organizations? Just asking for a friend. CNBC.com has the following headline. FireEye is selling its product business and name for $1.2 billion. Well, after being involved in the big hack of last year, why not? At least this company blew the whistle on the hack, which started with infected software from that mysterious company SolarWinds, which I still think was an Intel op that went wrong, but what do I know? I'm just a sick old fart with a cheap microphone, and according to some, I am part of the patriarchy to boot. The hack was already months old when FireEye brought it to the world's attention, and wasn't it just a coincidence that the CEO of SolarWinds resigned just before the hack went public? And wasn't it just another darn coincidence that senior management at SolarWinds sold off most of their stock just before the hack went public? How is SolarWinds not being sold off, and why would that leaky firm have any customers left? I'm just wondering. TheVerge.com is reporting that one of the top executives in Google's diversity strategy and research section, geez, that sounds mighty impressive, has left his position after a blog post he wrote back in 2007 slamming the U.S., Israel, and Jewish people in general came to light June 1st. One Mr. Kamau Bob apologized and will still work for the company doing STEM research. The interesting thing to me is the official statement from Google, and I quote, We unequivocally condemn the past writings by a member of our diversity team that are causing deep offense and pain to members of our Jewish community and our LGBTQ plus community. Wait, when did the LGBTQ plus ABC community come into the story? 
Seems to me this guy must have slighted the ever-expanding rainbow community in the past. And also this was the final straw because it seems to be okay to slander the U.S., Israel, and Jewish people these strange days we live in. What do you think? BGR.com, a much maligned source I seldom cite, has the following headline. TikTok waited until Trump was out of office to make this creepy privacy change. Now, there were other more reputable sources for this story, but BGR's headline summed it all up. TikTok, that Chinese-owned data-sucking social app, which the previous administration tried to ban, will now harvest user biometrics along with all the other personal data it vacuums up from users. In this case, voice prints and face prints can, and I'm sure will be, collected. What are these? Well, your voice is distinct to you, so ByteDance and by extension the CCP will now have this and your face on file, which is also distinctive to you. Now, what's so bad about this? Well, now you'll be on file for future reference on any facial recognition system the CCP controls or has access to throughout the world. Just let that sink in. You can now be identified by your voice by authorities tapping your communication devices. Isn't that convenient? So what? I don't do anything wrong, you might say. Psst. Ever hear of deepfakes? No? Do yourself a favor and look it up using the browser of your choice. But not the one from the next story. I've discussed other Chinese-owned mobile web browsers in the past who seem to get glowing reviews and recommendations from popular tech sites. What these sites all fail to mention, though, are the privacy concerns these data-sniffing and harvesting programs have. It kind of makes you wonder what these sites may have gotten from their Beijing benefactors. 9to5Mac.com has an article on the UC browser, which is the fourth most popular mobile browser in the world. It's owned by Alibaba, which, like all Chinese tech firms, is a subsidy of the Chinese Communist Party. It seems that this popular browser records every website you visit, captures your IP address, and wraps it all up with a bow, then sends it back to the motherland. There, it is most likely filed away in a database for future use or reference. My advice to you is use it at your own risk. Chromebooks get a step closer to emulating Apple's AirDrop with Chrome OS 9, reads the headline from AndroidPolice.com. I've got to hand it to the big goog. They seem to have backed off from creating new and sometimes weird hardware and have started to refine their ecosystem. This update to Chrome OS brings seamless file sharing between the operating system and Android devices. Now, you can already text away on your Chromebook using the Google Messages RCS app, which has many iMessage features already and is gaining more every day. You can video chat using Duo, which can be accessed through the Messages app, just like FaceTime can be used through iMessage. With the looks and polish I've seen of upcoming Android 12, Google seems to have a true contender here. The way it's going, we may soon reach real parity between the Google and Apple ecosystems. And finally, my new and hopefully last choice of video conferencing slash remote work software, Microsoft Teams is getting a round of important updates this summer. The most important one being end-to-end -end encrypted voice calls. 
While still not featuring encryption for video calls, I'm sure this is in the works. As of now, I don't really require encryption, but would be nice to have. When I retire, I plan on having a web-based business of some sort with employees working remotely. That's when I'll truly need these features. Tech I'm using. Hey, I've acquired a new piece of tech to report on this week. Yeah, really. Instead of buying the new and, in my opinion, slightly upgraded Apple 4K TV box, I just went for the new remote control. Hey, saved myself $120 doing so. This remote control is like a luxury item compared with the older remote. It features more rugged construction and seems to be made from a single block of aluminum, which kind of harkens back to older remotes that came with earlier versions of the Apple TV. The dedicated Siri button is now located on the side of the remote, out of the way as it should be. No more accidental triggering, which happened too often while using the old remote in this family. Instead of the top part of the remote being covered in glass to be used with scrubbing and fast-forwarding video, the middle of a click wheel is used for this purpose. On the old remote, you had to depress the, a corner of the upper section to fast-forward. Now a press of the click wheel does it, and it's a lot more accurate. The new remote also features a dedicated on-off button. The rest of the controls mimic the old remote, but are better spaced and have a better feel while engaging them. Oh, you now have a volume mute switch, which comes in handy. Being an Apple product, it's pricey, but compared to the old remote, which costs the same price as the new version to replace, it was well worth it. Entertainment news. Hey, like stuff on HBO, but can't bring yourself to pony up 15 buckaroos per month for HBO Max? Well, friend, how does 10 pieces of coin a month sound to you? HBO Max's ad-supported cheaper tier has debuted for $10 a month. Besides four minutes of ads on non-HBO-produced shows, you'll be limited to watching in 1080p resolution instead of 4K, and you won't have access to those same-day release Warner Brothers movies, which come out in both the theater and HBO Max on the same day. You also will not be able to download any content for offline viewing either. Yeah, in my opinion, I think you're giving up a lot just to save a measly five bits. Myself, being that I use AT&T TV as my live television provider, I get HBO Max free of charge. It looks like they are remaking a movie I enjoyed back in what is usually referred to as The Day. It's Master and Commander, the far side of the world. This movie will be a prequel to the events that took place in the original movie. It will feature the commander at his first command and explore the friendship between the commander and the ship's surgeon. I hope there is no virtue signaling here. I have my doubts, though. Podcast news. Oh, great. Another celebrity podcast is launching. This one by two celebrities. Well... One celebrity and his wife wannabe. That's right. Alec Baldwin and his hilarious wannabe Hispanic. Wannabe Hispanic celebrity spouse. Hilaria. <laughs> formerly known as Old Hillary from Boston. Have teamed up for a podcast which will be called What's One More? A show about, quote, honest conversations about gratitude and love and positivity, unquote. Honest conversations. Hmm. How you say? Poser? 
An article on InsiderRadio.com goes over the top podcasts, which most either being MSM produced shows or NPR affiliate entities. Throw in a show like Call Her Daddy, and you can see where most of the brainwashed audiences uh, spend their time. It makes one start to lose hope for the future. The Washington Post is releasing yet another MSM-produced podcast. Are you excited? No! Even if the first guest is Carmela Harris? No! I didn't think so. The name of this DNC Love Fest show is Please Go On. I'd shorten that title to just Please Go. (laughs) Yeah, I'll be here all week. From multiple sources, the Salem Podcast Network keeps adding conservative talk superstar after superstar to its stable. I haven't checked out any of their shows yet as I'm trying, my lord, I'm really trying to stay away from politics, but just when you think you're out, they drag you back in again. Well, I had a rant, but it disappeared from my script, so I'm just going to wing it. What I was going to talk about is, uh, you know, they kick people off these uh, social media platforms left and right, mostly conservatives, but they they kick others off, too. And the response you get from people when you complain about this is, hey, man, they're a private company. If, If you want to change things, make your own social media platform. Well, I'd like to say, how about Gab? Gab was pretty successful. And then, oh, no, it got accused of hosting hate speech, whatever the definition of that is today. It changes every hour and they they would deplatform right away. Now they've come back by instead of having an app in the app store, they have a progressive web app, which works pretty good. And they got their own servers and cloud service. Now parlor had a really slick app and was like the Twitter for conservatives. And when he started picking up some traction, Oh my God, they organized the January 6th quote unquote. uh, What are they calling it now? Riots? No, no, it's an insurrection. They had kicked off all the app stores. Their app did anyway. Uh, they lost their uh, web services, which was done by Amazon, and they just were kicked off of everything possible. Well, they're back. They've got their app is still in the, had made it back to the app stores because they got quote unquote moderation now. But they had to go to some small web hosting company, which could probably be pulled off the air at any time. And so, you know, that. Next time you hear somebody say that, well, found your own one, man, your own social media platform, man. Just bring up those two examples. It won't change anything because the person you're arguing with about that probably won't be listening. But, you know, you'll feel better. Episode 82 is fading into the sunset of the podcast world. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I enjoyed making it for you, and I hope you found it worthwhile. You can contact me at OFNTPodcast at gmail.com if you are so inclined. Tell me what you like and dislike. I'd love hearing from you. In the beginning of this episode, I was trying something, so if it's a little noisy, forgive me. It'll be the last time that happens. So be safe, and I'll see you next week. Remember, don't listen to what they say. Watch what they do. It's a beautiful summer day. Why don't you come over, bring a six-pack, I'll put some stuff on the grill. We can eat, drink, laugh. I think you can get off my lawn. Um, I'm out.
out of here. I'll see you guys next week. Take care. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.